1: Away we go, episode 697 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Friday, November 10th, 2023. The day after, yes, (laughs) quite the game for former Commander's Edge defender, Montez Sweat. He played well, very well on Thursday night football. His new team, the Chicago Bears, beat the Carolina Panthers 16-13. Not exactly a marquee matchup on Thursday night football, Bears-Panthers, but Montez in the game for the NFL's next-gen stats. Eight pressures, most for a Bears edge defender in a regular season game since week 13 of the 2020 season. Uh, And the Bears winning uh, does hurt the standing of the 2024 second round pick, that the Commanders got from the Bears for Montez. But whatever. We have a big game for our team this Sunday. Hello and welcome to this Friday installment of the Al Goldie podcast. Coming up on the show, in-depth Commanders conversation and preview of their game at the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday afternoon at 425. A win. Gets the Commanders back to 500 for this regular season at 5-5 five and five, and gives the team tiebreakers on two fellow NFC wildcard contenders in the Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons, who of course the Commanders defeated earlier this season. Next segment, I will talk Commanders offense, including the latest on how receiver Curtis Samuel is doing, a breakdown of the Seahawks defense, and key comments from the pre-practice press conference of assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy earlier Thursday afternoon. Eric talked at length about quarterback Sam Howell, including maybe Sam's most impressive play from the 2017 win at the New England Patriots this past Sunday afternoon. Eric also addressed receiver Jahan Dotson and his drops. I Then we'll talk commander's defense, including a breakdown of the Seahawks offense, and what defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio had to say during his pre-practice press conference on Thursday, including Jack not at all being shy about voicing his displeasure about what happened with edge defender K.J. Henry, uh, him having a third-quarter sack strip negated by that absurd 15-yard roughing the passer penalty. I will present to you my rhyming keys, my keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion, (laughs) Uh, and I then will give you my prediction for the game. Also on the show, college football. My thoughts on a crazy game for Virginia on Thursday night, a 31-24 loss at number 11 Louisville in a game in which the Cavaliers trailed at the half 14-0, then won the third quarter 21-0, but then lost the fourth quarter 17-3. 17-3. And I have Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. The games that I'll be discussing, Maryland at Nebraska, Saturday at noon. James Madison, home to UConn, Saturday afternoon at 2. Liberty, home to Old Dominion, Saturday afternoon at 1. Virginia Tech at Boston College, Saturday at noon. And Navy, home to UAB, Saturday afternoon at 3.30. Before we get to some feedback, we on Thursday evening learned of the Silver Slugger Award winners in Major League Baseball. The Silver Slugger Awards are voted on by MLB managers and coaches and are given to the top offensive player at each position in each league. Uh, That includes three outfielders regardless of specific outfield position in each league and one utility player in each league, two Orioles won 2023 American League Silver Slug Awards: Catcher Adley Rutschman and infielder Gunnar Henderson, uh, he won the American League Silver Slugger Award for the utility position. Very appropriate that these guys won. Adley and Gunner, uh, the two position player cornerstones for the O's. Uh, Two guys who were taken by the O's in the same draft. Uh, Adley Rutschman was taken by the O's with the number one overall pick in the 2019 MLB draft. Gunner Henderson was taken by the O's in the second round. Of the 2019 draft, and Gunner should soon be winning American League Rookie of the Year. You can hit me up on x at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Dan in Minnesota on the shot <laughs> that edge defender Chase Young took at his former team, the Commanders, at his introductory press conference with the San Francisco 49ers on Monday evening. Quote, just the culture, the vibe is a lot different. I definitely know that I'm in inability- a Building with winners. End quote. Right, Stan. Al, I don't understand why people are mad at what Chase said. It's all true. Have people forgotten that the commander's facility, stadium, locker rooms? I forget. I think the water fountains were the only thing not voted worst in the league. Yes, the culture there is better. Yes. The Niners expect to win-win. That's how they are treated. The stadium and training facilities don't compare to a lot of colleges. Josh Harris just got here, but unless he gets the team on an HGTV Extreme Makeover show, things are going to stay bad for a while. I actually want to see Chase light it up, except when the Niners play us. Great shows as always, Al. Take care. Thank you uh, for the email, Dan. Yeah, what Dan was referring to was... The report card. You remember the report card, don't you? Uh, We this past March 1st had the NFL Players Association coming out with the NFLPA's first NFL player team report cards for various things. Uh, The commanders. Our Washington commanders ranked dead last number 32 out of 32 NFL teams in overall point guard. Uh, Treatment of families F. (laughs) Food service slash nutrition D+. Weight Room C plus Strength Coaches A plus Training Room F minus Training Staff D locker Room F minus <laughs> Team Travel F minus. Uh yeah, you heard that right. Three F F-minuses to go with an F and also a D plus. Uh, But you know, I don't think that what Chase Young said was only about the uh, commander's infrastructure. I think that that was a shot at head coach Rod Rivera, with whom Chase clearly had issues. That's undeniable at this point. I mean, you think about it. Chase said that the culture and the vibe with the Niners are different, as in different from the culture and the vibe with the commanders. And then he said that he definitely knows that he's in a building with winners. So If the culture and the vibe are different and he's now in a building with winners, then that implies that he previously was in a building with losers. (laughs) That's a shot at Ron Rivera and others. And doesn't mean that Chase Young is necessarily wrong, but that is a shot. He essentially called Ron Rivera and others Losers. Email from Tony Andrews on Ron Rivera's job status writes, Tony, haven't heard this floated yet. While I understand the futility in firing Rivera's head coach midseason, every day that we wait on replacing Rivera with a new general manager is a day wasted on a rebuild. It could be argued that right now is the beginning of the general manager season. The new GM could be evaluating the players and starting his research on a new coaching staff. If Ron is a lame duck, he is then we need to not wait until the end of the 2023 season to start preparations for the April 2024 draft and the beginning of the league year in March we need an entire scouting staff that's missing opportunities to get ready for the 2024 draft remember when Kyle Smith was not fired when Ron was hired a reason that Ron gave the draft board was already set and research was already done that was in January 2020 take the timeline backwards for next year that gives a new gm time to staff, do the research on players, hold the purse strings for the future. Plus, it puts everyone on notice that the status quo will no longer be tolerated. The Harris Group may have been late to the 2023 season consummating the sale, but the Harris Group can be early in preparation for the 2024 season. Or does the Harris Group not have a candidate for the job and isn't prepared? Thank you for the email, Tony. Uh, You know, I get the sentiment regarding wanting the next football operations regime to get going now as opposed to two months from now. But hiring a new head of football operations now presumes that our new leader, the managing partner of the commanders, Josh Harris, knows who he wants and can hire who he wants. I would think that Josh already has some names in mind, but he may want to interview these people before he actually hires someone. And what if these people are currently working for NFL teams and these people themselves want to wait until the offseason to explore new opportunities? Uh, what if Josh can't talk to these people until the offseason? What if Josh wants to wait and see who becomes available this offseason? There's a reason that it's rare for an NFL team to hire a high level executive during a regular season, although that is actually how the Redskins hired Bruce Allen as executive vice president slash general manager uh, during the regular season. Bruce was hired in December 2009, but Bruce was out of the NFL at that point. Uh, Unless Josh absolutely knows who he wants and that person is currently not working for another NFL team, I don't expect Josh to hire a new head of football operations until the offseason, assuming that Ron Rivera is out. And I do think that he will end up out. Well, I don't know if Josh Harris plays fantasy sports. I guess he doesn't really need to, right? He has the real thing <laughs> in terms of owning an NFL team, an NBA team, and an NHL team. But if Josh Harris wants to play fantasy sports, he should go with Underdog Fantasy, which is the best and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. And Underdog Fantasy is offering a special offer to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code GALDI, my last name. G-A-L-D-I, Galdi. You see, Josh, a deposit match for you. Even a billionaire like Josh Harris could appreciate that. <laughs> uh, this NFL season, and am making fantasy football picks for Commanders games in terms of underdog fantasies, higher, lower totals for each game. Uh, I, for the win at the Pats, went 2 and uh in taking Sam Howell to have higher than 13 and to have rushing yards and Pats running back Ezekiel Elliott to have higher than than seven and a half receiving yards. Uh, here are my picks for Commanders Seahawks. I am going to keep riding the uh, Sam Howell rushing yardage total train. These Sam Howell rushing yardage totals uh, have been easy money this season. 14 and a half is the number for Commanders Hawks. Give me Sam having higher than 14 and a half rushing yards. And the higher lower total for receptions for Commanders receiver Terry McLaurin. Is five. Uh, the commanders lately have been making a concerted effort to target Terry early in games. We're seeing more receiver screens. I like Terry to go higher than five receptions. So Sam Howell higher than 14 and a half rushing yards, and Terry McLaurin higher than five receptions. And all of this is through. Underdog Fantasy. Check out underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. And Underdog Fantasy is offering a special offer to listeners for the Al Galdi podcast, a deposit match of up to $100 for all new customers who sign up with the promo code Galdi. That's my last name, G-A-L-D-I, Galdi.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
1: Five-star ratings and positive reviews of the podcast help us out a lot. You on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify can rate. The podcast, five-star ratings are greatly appreciated, and you on Apple Podcast can write a review saying that you like the podcast. The review does not have to be long, can be just a sentence or two, but the ratings and the reviews help us out a lot. So thank you very much for doing them. Week 10 of the 2023 NFL regular season gives us the four and five commanders at the five and three Seattle Seahawks Sunday afternoon at four twenty-five. Next segment, we'll talk Commander's defense. Right now, Commander's offense, every player on the commander's active roster was a full participant in Thursday afternoon's practice with the exception of one guy receiver Curtis Samuel, Uh, He, for a second consecutive day, was listed as a limited participant in practice. He, for the Commander's 2017 win at the New England Patriots this past Sunday afternoon, was inactive due to a toe injury. Uh, The Seahawks, for this regular season through Week 9, were ranked number 19 in the NFL in total defense per DVOA. The Seahawks' defense is coming off a terrible game, a 37-3 loss at the Baltimore Ravens this past Sunday afternoon. The Seahawks allowed the Ravens to score 37 points, put up 515 total net yards of offense, averaged 6.87 yards per play, and goes six to thirteen on third downs. The Seahawks allow the Ravens to total 41 carries for 298 yards and three touchdowns. The Seahawks' run defense is an issue for them. Uh, the Seahawks, for this regular season through Week Nine, ranked just 21st out of 32 NFL teams in lowest yards allowed per rush, 4.23. However, the Seahawks' pass defense has been good. The Seahawks, for this regular season through Week 9, ranked 10th in the NFL and lowest opponents' yards per pass attempt just 6.21 and ranked 9th in the NFL in team sack percentage 8.28, although the Seahawks also ranked just 30th out of 32 NFL teams and lowest opponents' third down efficiency. So a very mixed statistical profile for the Seahawks defense, which did recently welcome a new player. The Seahawks on October 30th agreed on a trade for New York Giants defensive lineman Leonard Williams. The Seahawks have a really good edge defender in this guy Boye Mafé. Uh, The Seahawks have an exceptional linebacker in the ageless Bobby Wagner, who is back with the Seahawks off spending last season with the Los Angeles Rams off having spent his first 10 NFL seasons with the Seahawks. Uh, This season is Wagner's age 33 season. He for this regular season has an overall grade for pro football focus of 86.8. PFF grades are on a scale of 0-100. And the Seahawks have cornered Devin Witherspoon, who they took with the number five overall pick in the 2023 NFL Draft out of Illinois. Uh, the first round pick used to take them was one of the picks that the Seahawks got from the Denver Broncos in the trade of quarterback Russell Wilson to the Broncos in March 2022. The Seahawks defensive coordinator is Clint Hurt. Uh, but they have Pete Carroll as their executive vice president of football operations and head coach. Pete is a head coach with primarily a defensive background. Commander's assistant head coach slash offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy on Thursday did a pre-practice press conference. It started shortly after 12 p.m. This was Eric on what stands out to him about the Seahawks defense.
3: Speed. I mean, they're fast. I mean, these, I mean it's a typical uh, Pete defense. They're fast up front. Uh, these guys do a great job of penetrating. They want to get to the uh, to the quarterback. On top of that, they got a a great linebacker who's who's gonna be hall of fame worthy. Uh, and I've watched his career for a number of years. I remember when he was at SC. I mean, it's he's done a tremendous job since he's been in the league. And then I mean, he got some some guys in the secondary that love to to, to wreak havoc. So it's a typical. Seattle defense and the challenge is different. We got to go out and execute our offense better than they execute their defense. They're not a defense that's going to cause any confusion because they're going to play straight up and try and beat you with their best. And our job is to make sure that we can go out and do what we do best.
1: Well, I mentioned Devin Witherspoon, who went to Illinois. He was a college teammate of the man who the Commanders took in the second round of the 2023 draft, defensive back Quan Martin. And so Eric Enemy on Thursday afternoon was asked if he has asked Quan for intel on Devin. Here was Eric's answer.
3: You know what? I haven't quite asked Quan yet, but I've watched him enough when they were at, uh, Illinois together because, uh, a good friend of mine who's a head coach at, uh, at Purdue, we used to babysit him when I was, uh, in college. So I've known all about those two young men for a long time, <laughs> but the kid with a spoon is pretty damn good. <laughs>
1: Yes, he is. Uh, Devin Witherspoon for this regular season has an overall grade for pro football focus of 80.2. How will Eric Bieniemy's commander's offense this Sunday handle what is expected to be a loud crowd? Uh, Seahawks fans at what is now known as Lumen Field have multiple times set a Guinness World Record for loudest roar at a sports stadium. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on quarterback Sam Howell playing At Lumen Field,
3: you know what? It ain't so much tips. You're just making sure that he's mentally prepared, because when you're playing in hostile environments like that, everything seems to happen a little faster. That clock seems to be running a little bit faster. uh, I got to get the 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 play out a little faster. Everything feels rushed, so. You know, the biggest thing, I want him to remain calm. I want him to remain poised under pressure, as he always does. But the biggest thing is just it's its a part of being a professional player. He has to learn to handle the environment. And it will be a loud and hostile environment. But we're looking forward to that challenge.
1: Well, a quarterback playing well in a uh, loud and hostile environment would seem to require the quarterback being on point with his pre-snap work. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on how he has seen Sam Howell grow with his pre-snap checks.
3: You know what? Uh, Sam is right where he needs to be, just like I say each and every week. Every week, uh, he's growing with the offense. He's doing a heck of a job as a leader. Obviously, it's always been important to him because he takes work home. He studies. He's a humble, hardworking kid that just wants to do it the right way. And so uh, as far as his pre-snap reads and everything, I think he's just doing a great job of just having a complete understanding of what he's looking at, but also feeling more and more confident and just executing his job with great attention to details.
1: Sam Howell's decision making, both in terms of its quickness and correctness, has been a major reason for the commander sack problem being much less of a problem lately. The commanders over their first seven games this regular season allowed a whopping 40 sacks. The commanders over their last two games have allowed just four sacks, with two of the sacks being scramble sacks in the win at the Patriots. Eric Bieniemy on Thursday afternoon on the commanders over their last two games being better at not allowing sacks.
3: Well, it it always feels good when you're not in the negative. So whatever we can continue doing moving forward to help us in a positive light, that's what we want to continue doing and just like i said last week we're we'll continue to grow we're 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 working and growing together as an office of unit our guys are doing the little things that we're asking of them and we're starting to see some things uh show up on tape on a consistent basis we just need to make sure that it can continue this particular week because the challenge is different uh the team is different and the setting is different
1: Yes, uh, all of that is true. <laughs> uh, Sam Howell in the win at the Pats made a lot of great plays. How about that crazy off schedule completion to receiver Byron Pringle, the fourth to last snap of the first quarter? On a third and seven for the Commanders at their 23, Sam had a 26 yard shotgun completion to Byron Pringle on a broken play as Sam, while scrambling to his right, threw a wounded duck across his body to the left side of the field to a wide-open Pringle who generated 18 yards after the catch. Uh, Sam, on the play, took a quarterback hit from edge defender Josh Uche. Uh, Eric Biennemi on Thursday afternoon. What do he tell Sam after a play like that? And Then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commander's Insider John Kime of ESPN.
3: You keep playing. Hey, things happen, right? Uh, In situations just like in life. Things happen in life, all right? In this game, and if you've been around it long enough, you've participated and played, sometimes plays break down. And when those plays break down, great things can happen if you continue to play. I thought our guys did a great job of continuing to play. Sam kept his feet alive. Uh, Pringle kept the route alive. And when you're doing that, that's when the chemistry starts to develop. So you're seeing the connections that we're making, not just because of – the x's and o's that we're designing but no the fact that we're understanding that if you work at it guess what great things will come
2: did you see how open that was when you threw it or did you have your heart drop for a second
3: uh it, 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 if you're in this industry long enough and you gotta understand i've watched pat throw a bunch of them and so i've kind of lost the skier <laughs> the feeling years ago but you uh, don't doubt those guys. They know exactly what they're doing and, and, and why they're doing it. So,
1: so Eric, the right there, of course, referencing Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. That completion by Sam Howell to Byron Pringle was uh, Mahomesian. Uh, and speaking of Patrick Mahomes, consider the following. So Patrick Mahomes in his rookie season 2017 played in just one regular season game it was the Chiefs final regular season game a game that he started he did well in that game he then became the Chiefs QB1 for the following season the 2018 season off remember the Chiefs in March 2018 officially trading their QB1 Alex Smith to the Redskins and Mahomes immediately became one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and he did this in what was Eric Bieniemy's first season as Chiefs offensive coordinator well Sam Howell in his rookie season 2022 played in just one regular season game. It was the commander's final game, a game that he started. He did well in that game. He then became the commander's QB1 for the following season, the 2023 season. What is Eric Enemy's first season as commander's offensive coordinator? The parallels are interesting, right? Not that Sam Howell is Patrick Mahomes. Uh, not yet, anyway. Uh, Eric Enemy on Thursday afternoon on If When He First Watched Sam Howell on tape, Eric knew that Sam was capable. Of making a great off schedule play like that pass to Byron Pringle this past Sunday afternoon.
3: Yes, in fact, uh, you know I've shared this with you guys before. I have a couple of good friends of mine that coaches with the uh, the University of North Carolina. Uh, the old line coach's son was the strength and conditioning coach down there. Both his sons played on the offensive line at North Carolina. Natron Means was a former teammate of mine. Tim Cross. uh, who I've known since my college days, one of my fraternity brothers. Um, I mean, I've, I've had a great connection with people there, and they told me everything that I needed to know about him, and he's living up to the bill.
1: Much more from Eric enemy on the commander's offense in moments. Well, quarterbacks being good at off-schedule plays, of course, is good, but when you're planning a big event, you want things at that event to be on schedule, and that's why you should go with Catering by Uptown. Catering by Uptown is the DMV's number one catering service. Catering by Uptown is a family business that prides itself on its signature dishes and flawless presentations. And Catering by Uptown goes beyond just food. Catering by Uptown offers personalized consultation and event planning assistance that are outstanding, including venue coordination, custom catering menu selection from over a 1,000 delicious dish selections, and a day of event coordinator who will make sure that everything runs smoothly. From putting together and executing a menu, to picking linens, to selecting an excellent florist, Catering by Uptown is committed to meeting your needs and exceeding your expectations. Whether you are having a wedding or a corporate event, an intimate gathering, or a gala, Catering by Uptown is the way to go. Visit cateringbyuptown.com and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you also, know this, Catering by Uptown has job openings for the event wait staff. Uh, no experience is necessary, and you get paid in-house training. This is a great opportunity if you're looking for work. Visit CateringByUptown.com. That's CateringByUptown.com, and make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. So here's something From the Commanders win at the Patriots, Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson in the game combined for 24 carries, the most combined carries for Commanders running backs in a game since Robinson Gibson and Chris Rodriguez Jr. in the 2016 win over the Arizona Cardinals at FedEx Field in Week 1 combined for 25 carries. Uh, As we talked about on Thursday's show, Episode 696, Eric Biennemi with the Commanders offense this season is employing this ultra pass heavy approach. So as modest as the combined 24 carries for Robinson and Gibson may seem, that was the highest total of combined carries for Commanders running backs in a game since week one. Eric Biennemi on Thursday afternoon on Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson in the win at the Pats getting a good number of carries, relatively speaking.
3: Well, I just think that uh, our guys did a heck of a job uh, uh, maintaining some consistency. Uh, Obviously, we still got to be much better on first down. Uh, It was was a concerted effort just to make sure that we're we're doing enough in the run game. And uh, I thought the uh, the backs did a heck of a job. Now, obviously, uh, when when you run it like we did a number of times, those guys are going to want more. And in order to get more, they got to make sure that they're continuing all right, to do the little things. we got to continue protecting the football. we got to continue making sure that we're being decisive when being given those opportunities and finding the right seams and making it happen. So we'll continue working on that aspect of our game as well.
1: Well, you look at Brian Robinson this regular season, 113 carries for 447 yards and five touchdowns, a yards per carry of 3.96. He also has 14 receptions for 137 yards and two touchdowns on 18 targets. Uh, Robinson... But this regular season for week nine, for pro football reference, ranked 23rd out of 44 qualified running backs in the NFL in success rate. uh, A success rate of 46.9. Success rate is a good way of evaluating running back production. A successful run is defined as a first down run that gains at least 40% of the yards needed for a first down a second down run that gains at least 60 percent of the yards needed for a first down or a third or fourth down run that gains at least 100 percent of the yards needed for a first down uh eric the on thursday afternoon on brian robinson
3: well first of all uh, brian is a tremendous individual he's a uh, I mean, he's a courageous young man that has a story that basically sets himself apart from many different people. I just love the individual. You know, he's a great kid. He's a hardworking professional. And uh, the thing that I love about him is, is that he, he has the, the right attitude and the right mindset. And those are the type of people that you want uh, in an organization. Those are the type of people that you want to lean on in certain situations, such as, you know, what he did this past weekend, just running the football.
1: You know, to me, the commanders in Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson have two decent running backs, but neither to me is special. And one of the things from the win at the Pats that stood out to me was, you know, the second quarter 64 yard shotgun handoff touchdown run by Pats running back Ramondre Stevenson. Yeah. Our guys never do that. (laughs) Okay. Robinson and Gibson generate way too few explosive runs to say nothing of explosive touchdown runs, you know, house call runs. That was a house call run by Ramondre Stevenson. When do we ever get a true house call run by a Washington running back? It feels like it has been forever since we got one of those. Uh, Also with the commander's offense, the drops uh, I have been harping on the drops for weeks. I am going to continue harping on the drops until the drop situation gets appreciably better. We, in the win at the Pats, had three plays that could be considered drops by Commanders receivers. Two drops by Jahan Dodson, one drop by Diami Brown. A uh, first quarter opening drive of the game on a third and two for the Commanders at their 44. Jahan had a drop on a shotgun pass by Sam Howell. Late second quarter, on a first and 10 for the commanders at the pass 21, Diami Brown failed to make a leaping catch of a shotgun pass by Sam, despite Sam putting the ball where only Diami could catch it. The ball went right through Diami's hands. And third quarter, on a first and 10 for the commanders at their 24, Jahan failed to make the catch on what was a high throw by Sam, uh, but a catchable throw uh, on a shotgun sprint out in completion. Now, Jahan, to his credit, has been productive in each of the last two games. But this was Eric Biennemi on Thursday afternoon on what he has seen from Jahan Dodson in him working through these drops. Even though
3: Jahan has dropped the ball, he's still been himself. Uh, one thing I always tell these guys, I'm not judging you based on something negative that happened. The only thing that matters is the next play. And that's what this game is about. If you play this game long enough, things happen. So the only thing I want to see is how we're going to respond when called upon. And so I've seen a consistent young man that have worked hard at his task. And obviously, it's, it's he's having some production. He's showing some good things. He just needs to continue to put that consistent behavior on tape.
1: Well, Jahan Dodson in the 38-31 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field at week eight had eight receptions for 108 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Jahan in the win at the Patriots had four receptions for 69 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. So he has been productive lately, but the drops have got to stop. Uh, Jahan's better than that. And he knows that. I mean, I'm sure he feels really bad about the drops. Uh, as yes, the commander's offense in each of the last two games has been good. Uh, The Commanders in that loss to the Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 8 scored 31 points, generated 472 total net yards of offense, averaged 6.84 yards per play, and went 7-12 on third downs. And the Commanders in the win at the Patriots in Week 9, yes, only scored 20 points, but generated 432 total net yards of offense, averaged 5.61 yards per play, and went 9-17. of on third downs and both the Eagles and the Pats rated very well defensively going into those games. Eric, the on Thursday afternoon on if there has been a light bulb moment for the commander's offense.
3: You know what? I don't know if it's so much a light bulb moment because in this, you know, in this industry, you you can have a good day or you can have a bad day. (laughs) Uh, And obviously we've, we've proven that. So we just got to learn how to put consistent behavior on tape Obviously, you know, I always use this old school saying, if you don't work, you don't eat. So if you're not giving yourself a chance to have a chance, then why do it? So we all have to work hard at it, because if we're working hard at it, we'll create our own luck. And if we're creating our own luck, good things will happen. So. We can't worry about the things we cannot control. It's all about us going out and making sure we're taking care of the little things that need to be taken care of so we can give ourselves a chance to have the best chance of winning come Sunday.
1: And we shall see what happens this Sunday. Well, we hope that what is always happening in your life are good things. But if you feel that you've been wronged, uh, if you think that you've been wrong but aren't sure, call the law firm of Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yes, you are obligated to nothing. Call 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. And when you call... Tell Paulson and Ace that Al Galdi sent you. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Ace. Paulson and Ace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases, offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and NACE provides passionate advocacy on behalf of injury victims designed to help them and their families move forward after the most difficult of times. And Paulson and NACE is excellent at what it does. Paulson and NACE has recovered millions of dollars for the second injured. In fact, Paulson and Nace was just named as part of US News and World Report's Best Law Firms 2024 edition. But how about this? Two verdicts versus Merrill Dow totaling $132 million. Yes, Paulson and Nace has taken on Big Pharma. And won. Uh, Clifton versus Georgetown University Hospital, a $50 million verdict for a young mother injured during childbirth. Bradley versus the United States of America. Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government had to pay nearly $1.8 million. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government <laughs> and won. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202 902 7611. That's 202 902-7611. And when you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandace.com. That's paulsonandace.com. Just don't forget to tell Paulson and Ace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Ace. when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Ace take care of your family. Let us now talk Commander's defense in preparation for their game at the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday afternoon at 425. Every defensive player on the Commander's active roster was a full participant in Thursday afternoon's practice. You know, the Commanders do have safety Derek Forrest and linebacker Cody Barton on the reserve injured list. But boy, the defense is really healthy for this time of year, all things considered. Same for the offense. Uh, Knock on wood. Uh, the Seahawks offense is good. Uh, The Seahawks for this regular season through week nine ranked number 10 in the NFL in total offense per DVOA and number 10 in the NFL in yards per play, although also just 30th out of 32 NFL teams in third down efficiency. Uh, The Seahawks offensive coordinator is Shane Waldron. Their starting quarterback is Geno Smith. What a story he is. Uh, Geno Smith was taken by the New York Jets in the second round of the 2013 NFL draft out of West Virginia. He was looking like a career backup, but he in the 2021 season for the Seahawks played well over four games, including three starts. Then he in the 2022 season had a really nice season. Geno for the 2022 regular season started all 17 of the Seahawks games and finished number seven at a 31 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in ESPN's total QBR. Uh, the Seahawks, this past March 9th resigned Gino to a three-year contract extension, preventing him from becoming an unrestricted free agent this past offseason, and Gino for this regular season through week nine ranked number 16 at a 32 qualified quarterbacks in the NFL in total QBR. Uh, Commander's defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio on Thursday did a pre-practice press conference. It started shortly before 12 p.m. This was Jack on Gino Smith.
2: Gino just has played, played well. You know, he's a veteran guy. He's seen a lot. Um, he's experienced a lot. He's grown a lot. And, um, you know, uh, he's, he's become a, uh, a, a good football player in this league. So he's earned it. Uh,
1: I, I appreciate guys that,
2: you know, work along through their career and, and, uh, and, and are good pros.
1: Well, the Seahawks have some good skill position players, but a good number of them are banged up. Our receiver DK Metcalf is dealing with a hip injury. Receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba is dealing with a hip injury. Receiver Tyler Lockett is dealing with a hamstring injury. Tied in Noah Fant is dealing with a wrist injury. Running back Kenneth Walker III is dealing with a chest injury. Uh, The Seahawks' pass protection has been a problem. The team for this regular season through Week 9 ranked just 29th. Out of 32 NFL teams and NFL analytics expert Ben Baldwin's Pass Protection Ratings Composite, which is a ranking of NFL teams in terms of pass protection based on three separate rankings of NFL teams in terms of pass protection, those rankings being from ESPN, Pro Football Focus, and Sports Info Solutions. Hey, if you are looking for an amazing Washington Commanders fan community to be a part of, to placate your burgundy and gold obsession, make bgobsession.com your Washington football fan destination. BG Obsession, or BGO, has been the home of the most knowledgeable, friendly, and passionate Washington fans on the web since 2009. BGO is a special place at which you can join your fellow fans for some smart football discussion, great contests, game day chats, and even lifelong friendships. So what are you waiting for? Visit and join BGO at BGObsession.com, home to your burgundy and gold obsession. So the Commander's defense in the 2017 win at the New England Patriots this past Sunday afternoon played well. Perfect, no, well, yes. Uh, Jack Del Rio on Thursday on how he felt his defense played in the win at the Pats.
2: I thought we did a good job defensively last week. Uh, we, had, we had two plays that got away from us, uh, one in the pass, one, one in the run. And uh, other than that, we played real, real well.
1: And, of course, one of the plays to which Jack Del Rio was referring was the second quarter 64-yard shotgun handoff touchdown run by running back Ramondre Stevenson, who ran through a massive hole on the right side and then forced a missed tackle by safety Percy Butler, also key on the play was linebacker Jamin Davis being short on what's called a cross dog, uh, which is when two linebackers cross en route to blitzing the quarterback. Jamin was uh, too slow in getting over the top, was spoken to by Jack Del Rio after the play. Jamin being a guilty party on this play was immediately pointed out by Fox Sports NFL analyst Jonathan Vilma on the telecast of the game. Vilma did a great job of identifying what happened on that play. And Jack Del Rio on Thursday confirmed that what Jonathan Vilma said was correct. Here you go.
2: It was accurate. Jonathan was right. Jonathan played a long time. Yeah, I figured. Uh, Yeah, he was right. We, we didn't fit it properly, and then we didn't cap it. You know, anything that pops through, if it ever goes long like that, there's somebody in the back end that didn't do their job in terms of capping and getting it down. That's just, that's, that's just part of explosives. If, if you're having them, um, you're not capping them in the back end if they're runs, and um, uh, you're letting the ball go over your head if it's, uh, it's a pass.
1: Yeah, and there has been way too much of that stuff against the commanders this season. I mean, you take a step back, the commanders for this regular season through week nine ranked 29th out of 32 NFL teams in both total defense per DVOA and lowest yards allowed per play. This is not what this defense was supposed to be. Jack Del Rio on Thursday, on what is keeping his commander's defense from being what it was supposed to be this season? Uh,
2: yeah, explosive plays allowed That's been the that's been the, the big problem uh, We're playing solid in a lot of areas uh, So, But the, the explosive plays allowed uh, Many of them kind of gift type situations are, are the ones that keep us from ranking well And being able to beat our chest and say Look at our rank right here um, Which doesn't mean a whole lot I think what really means the most Is give yourself Give your football team a chance to win Uh, play complimentary football and make sure we're getting the ball back for our offense as often as possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is no acceptable reason for the commander's defense not being good this season. Something that has come up is the youth in the secondary. Personally, I don't buy that as an acceptable excuse, but this was Jack Del Rio on Thursday on if youth in the secondary helps to explain the Commanders haven't given up so many explosive plays this season. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Commanders insider John Kime of ESPN.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, we, we could come up with reasons which would then be considered excuses. And we're just not going to get into that. But, uh, you know, obviously it's not what we're looking for. Uh, I, I like the amount that we had last week. I think holding people to one rush. Explosive and one pass explosive that will meet our goal board. We have a defensive goal board and that will meet our goal board each week. Um, we just don't want it to be a 64 yard explosive. Other times when you looking at it, some of the like, guys might be open, they're not hit, so it doesn't end up to be an explosive play, but if it's continues yeah. to hurt in other games, how do you look at those kind of plays? No, you just, we, we look at everything. That's what we do as coaches. But um, the bottom line is get our guys fired up, ready to go, um, prepared. Uh, full of energy, and then we go out and compete, and then we get to. It's kind of like we put our neck out there each week, right? And some some weeks it gets chopped off. Oh. Take one more. I like I like this week to be one of those weeks where it does not get chopped off.
1: Right. Yeah, let us hope that uh, the head does not get chopped off this Sunday. Uh, a major bright spot for the Commanders defense in the win at the Pats was the play of a trio of rookies: Quarter Emmanuel Forbes Jr., who the team took. With the number 16 overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft, he was the team's highest graded qualified player for the game for pro football focus, an overall grade of 91.3. Defensive back Quan Martin, uh, who the commanders took in the second round of the 2023 draft. He had the game-sealing interception edge defender KJ Henry. uh, He had the third-quarter sack strip that wasn't, right? (laughs) The uh, third-quarter sack strip that was negated by the absurd 15-yard roughing the passer penalty. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the play of Emmanuel Forbes, Quan Martin, and KJ Henry in the win at the Pats, starting with KJ.
2: No, it was good. I mean, I, obviously, uh, you know, that was one, you know, we thought he did the right things there. Um, and We had some young guys that, that showed up and played well in the game. You know, Quan got the, the interception at the end. Uh, Emmanuel played played well, played played a bunch and played a lot better. Um, So we had some contributions from some of the the younger guys that are being called on to play, and and that was good to see.
1: Yes, it was. As for Emmanuel Forbes, uh, he, and the win at the Pats, played on 75% of the commander's defensive snaps, and he played well. But, of course, that came off Forbes having not played well and then having been benched and then having barely played after the benching ended. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on Emmanuel Forbes.
2: Well, I, I think he's just you know, working at it. You know, he's he's a good young player. Uh, we believe in him. Um, you know, he's just got to grind and, and, and work, and uh, and that's what he's done, and that allowed him to get himself uh, back in the game, and and uh, and then he played well.
1: Yes, he did. Uh, Jack Del Rio on Thursday did talk about that uh, KJ Henry penalty. In fact, Jack sounded off on the K.J. Henry penalty. On a third quarter, third and 10 for the Pats at the Commander's 38, K.J. Henry got called for the ridiculous 15-yard roughing the passer penalty, negating a sack strip by Henry on Mac Jones. And of course, as we all know by now, all that Henry did was engineer a basic, normal tackle of Jones. And yet, Henry got penalized, and then we heard about, you know, the gator roll and the crab technique and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Uh, we, on Thursday, had this exchange between Commander's Insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post and Jack Del Rio. Um,
4: in instances like KJ's sack, non-sack, how do you, how do you coach him?
2: After sack, that? but do he doesn't him? get credit for it.
4: Right, exactly. <laughs> like, how, what, do you, what do you tell him after that? How do you coach him?
2: I tell him, I hope the league doesn't double down and send you a fine on top of it. That's what I told him. I, I said, won't surprise me, because they, they might. They, they sometimes will do that. But the reality is that was not, it should not have been a flag in the first place, and he should not receive a fine and um, do exactly what you did, because it was exactly how you should do it. Right. I mean, not
4: to harp on the frustration part of it, but, yeah. like, as a coach, like, if it's unclear what the actual rule is, that...
2: No, I think, I think it's clear. I think the rule's clear. I think any time the league tries to make an emphasis, yeah. then guys tend to come up with calls that are, like, close to it and, and wrong. And to me, I would love to just see an emphasis on doing your job, <laughs> officiating the game so that it's a fair contest. That's what it should be. We, we, don't, need to, we don't need to come up with calls um, – to fit a certain window or to fill up a certain window, um, that's just not, to me, that's not what it should be about. It should just be a fair contest. Make sure it's fair.
1: <laughs> wow, Jack Del Rio on Thursday really let the officials have it. Not so much the league as the officials. I wonder if Jack will get fined uh, for what he said right there. Well, the Commanders in the win at the Pats officially finished with no sacks and just one quarterback hit. Uh, this, of course, in the Commanders' first game off trading edge defenders Montez Sweat and Chase Young on Halloween on 2023 NFL trade deadline day. Jack Del Rio on Thursday on the Commanders in the win at the Pats not getting to Mac Jones often.
2: Anytime a team throws as much quick game as they throw, you're not going to get home a lot. I mean, but, you know, the ball came out on time. He wasn't back there patting it and holding it forever. So what I like about it is that our defense played well. Um, and, you know, if a team doesn't want to get sacked and they want to throw a quick game all day, they, they can do that. <laughs> One, two, throw. So, um, yeah, so everything was solid. We had a good, solid effort.
1: Yeah, the Commanders this past Sunday afternoon held Mac Jones to a yards per pass attempt of just five uh, and held the Pats to just three of 12 on third downs. Hey, if you run a business and are looking for better and more affordable insurance, get with BMC Insurance. BMC Insurance offers small business insurance. So if you're looking for general liability, workers' comp, or commercial auto insurance, BMC Insurance can help. And BMC Insurance offers great deals on home and auto insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. You'll be put in touch with the owner and president, Matt Brooks, a loyal listener of this podcast. And make sure that you mention that Al Galdi sent you. BMC Insurance offers small business insurance, home insurance, and auto insurance in Maryland, Virginia, Washington, D.C., and North Carolina. BMC Insurance is an independent insurance agency, meaning that it has many, as in dozens of insurance carriers it works with to make sure that clients are always paying competitive rates. What's especially great about BMC Insurance is that it has relationships with its clients. BMC Insurance is a trusted advisor for your insurance needs. BMC Insurance continues to work with clients after sales. It has team members who actually shop Clients' insurance every year when they renew. And BMC Insurance does this proactively so that you don't have to. BMC Insurance will save you time and money. And perhaps most telling, BMC Insurance's client retention rates historically are much higher than industry averages. You see, when people get BMC Insurance, they stay with BMC Insurance. Check out BMC Insurance. Go to insurancebmc.com. Talk to my guy, Matt Brooks, and make sure that you mention that Al Goldie sent you. Visit insurancebmc.com. That's insurancebmc.com. And make sure that you mention that Al Goldie sent you. Well, as you surely know, we over a period of eight NFL seasons, 2005 through 2012, had quite the oddity between the Redskins and the Seattle Seahawks. Each of the Skins' three playoff appearances during that stretch ended with a loss to the Seahawks. Talking about the 2005, 2007, and 2012 seasons, January 14th, 2006, a 2010 loss at the Seahawks in the divisional round of the playoffs. January 5th, 2008, a 35 14 loss at the Seahawks in the wild card round of the playoffs. And January 6th, 2013, a 24 14 loss to the Seahawks at FedEx Field in the wild card round of the playoffs in what is known to this day as the Seattle game the game in which Skins quarterback Robert Griffin III suffered a torn right ACL and LCL, and things were never the same for Robert after that. Uh, well, what awaits us with the commanders at the Seahawks this Sunday afternoon at 425? My friends, it is that time, the time to rhyme. It is time For rhyming keys, my keys to a commander's victory in rhyming fashion. Oh, these rhymes, they are not meant to be good. They are not good. Uh, They are only meant to make a few points. And in fact, I have a saying for this segment, the worse the rhyme, the better the time. And so here we go. Let's have a good time. Hardcore analysis combined with scheduled fun, rhyming keys for a commander's win at the Seahawks on Sunday afternoon. How do the commanders win this game? We now rhyme the ways. Rhyming key number one, this is for the commander's secondary. Do not let bad play be your stigma in facing Metcalf, Lockett, and (laughs) Enjigba. I told you these rhymes are not good, okay? That was an especially bad rhyme. But look, the Seahawks have a very talented receiving core. Now, Metcalf, Lockett, and Njigba are banged up. So we'll see who plays and at what capacity here. But, you know, you look at each guy. DK Metcalf, physical freak. He's listed as being 6'4 and 235 pounds. He, for this regular season through week nine, was tied for eighth among all qualified pass catchers in the NFL in yards per reception, 16.2. Tyler Lockett. He, for this regular season, leads the Seahawks with 38 receptions and three receiving touchdowns. And Jackson, Smith, and Jigba, uh, he, for this regular season, is number one on the Seahawks in yards after catch at 165. This is a big game for Commander's Corners, Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, and Emmanuel Forbes Jr. They played well, in the 2017 win at the New England Patriots last Sunday afternoon. But the Pats receiving core for that game was depleted. The Pats for the game were without two key receivers, with Kendrick Bourne on the reserve injured list and Devontae Parker inactive due to a concussion. A much stiffer test for Commander's Corners awaits by this game at the Seahawks this Sunday afternoon. And to me, the onus is on Forbes as much as anyone. We know what the commanders have in Fuller and St. Juice. Uh, Forbes is the wild card. You know, he in an Instagram post last Friday, November 3rd, had written at the top of a photo of himself, I'm back, uh, presumably because he knew that he on Sunday afternoon would be back to playing a lot. Well, he did play a lot and he had a terrific game. All credit to him. But now do that again. Rhyming key number one, this for the commander's secondary. Do not let bad play be your stigma in facing Metcalf, Lockett, and Njigba. <laughs> Rhyming key for commander Seahawks number two. This is for the commander's offensive line. Do not go Ole against mafe. Uh Ole, as in bullfighting, you know, Ole, and the bull runs right through. Mafei as in Seahawks edge defender Boye Mafé, who is rolling right now. Uh, the Seahawks took Boye Mafé in the second round of the 2022 NFL Draft out of Minnesota. Yes, a second-round draft pick that actually works out well. Uh, go figure. Uh, who knew that that could happen in the NFL? Uh, Boye Mafé has had a sack in each of the last six games, during which he also has registered nine quarterback hits, a force fumble, and two fumble recoveries. His overall grade for pro football focus for this regular season is a very good 81 point five. The Commanders over their last two games have been a lot better at not allowing sacks, but the Seahawks for this regular season through week nine were number nine in the NFL in pass rush win rate per ESPN via player tracking data from the NFL's next-gen stats. And a big part of that has been Boye Mafé. The Commanders offensive line needs to be on point in handling Boye. You know, Boye, he's a real Mafé. (laughs) And so rhyming key, number two, this for the Commanders offensive line Do not go Ole against Mafé. And rhyming key for Commander Seahawks, number three, this is for the entire Commander's team. Win the first quarter battle in order to win in Seattle. Getting off to a good start is an obvious key to any NFL game, but winning the first quarter is especially important for the Commanders in this game At the Seahawks. First of all, the venue, Lumen Field, uh, notoriously one of the loudest stadiums in the NFL. A good start by the Commanders will keep the uh, Seahawks fans uh, from making too much noise, at least you would hope. But also note this the Seahawks for this regular season through week nine were among the best teams in the NFL in first quarter points per game. The Seahawks over eight games this regular season have totaled 171 points, 51 of the 171 points have been first quarter points. 29.8% of the Seahawks points have been first quarter points. The Seahawks had scored in each of their first quarters this regular season until the 37-3 loss at the Baltimore Ravens this past Sunday afternoon. Rhyming key number three, this for the entire Commanders team, win the first quarter battle in order to win in Seattle. And it now is prediction time. The Commanders for Crab Sports plus six and a half. Uh, Public money for this game is overwhelmingly on the Seahawks. Uh, I have concerns, though, major concerns about the Commanders defense in this game. And so I am taking the Seahawks minus the six and a half. Final score, Seahawks 28, Commanders 20. And I will root to be wrong and I will hope to be wrong. And I will yearn to be wrong. Well, the Commanders in this month of November have just one home game, uh, which is against the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon, November 19th at 1. Uh, the Commanders then have a home game against the Miami Dolphins on Sunday afternoon, December 3rd at 1. If you were looking to get tickets to a Commanders game, here's how you get the best deal. Download the GameTime app and use the promo code ALGALDI for $20 off your first purchase. When it comes to buying tickets for sports, music, comedy, and theater, the way to go is with the GameTime app. GameTime offers great deals on last-minute tickets and has a best price guarantee, so you don't have to worry if you're truly going about getting tickets in the best possible way. You see, the Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price, because if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you $100. 10% of the difference. What's also great about game time is how easy it makes searching for tickets. You can search by team venue or artist. I was just on game time looking at tickets for Commander's Games. A lot of good deals and the seating chart next to the listed tickets made figuring out what exactly I'd be getting super easy. Also, game time is the app For last-minute ticket deals, you don't have to plan months in advance. GameTime has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. GameTime also offers flash deals on tickets, and tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. GameTime is the fastest Growing ticketing app in the country. Find out why. Get the tickets without the stress with Game Time, which is offering a special deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Al Galdi for $20 off your first purchase. Download the Game Time app and use that promo code. Al Galdi. Game time. Last minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. We move now to college football, but before we get to the rest of Goldilocks for this week eleven, uh, we have a game from this week eleven to discuss. What was a wild game? Virginia fell to two and eight overall and one and five in the ACC with a 31-24 loss at number eleven Louisville on Thursday night. The Cavaliers trailed at the half fourteen nothing. They then won the third quarter twenty one nothing, but they then lost the fourth quarter. Cavs head coach Tony Elliott did go with true freshman Anthony Calandria as a team starting quarterback off the Monmouth transfer. Tony Musket having suffered an ankle injury in the Cavs' previous game, the 45-17 loss to Georgia Tech at Scott Stadium in Charlottesville, Virginia, this past Saturday afternoon. Calandria is a guy with real upside, and he on Thursday night did some really good things against a Louisville team that came into Thursday number 11 in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN for this season, Calandria went 20-31 for 314 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. He averaged 10.13 yards per pass attempt and 15.7 yards yards per completion, both of which are excellent numbers. Now, he did take four sacks. He did quarterback a UVA offense that went just 415 on third downs, but boy, was he impactful as a runner. When you take out the four sacks that Calandria took, he had 10 carries for 109 yards. Uh, if you're a Virginia fan, you like, you really like what you saw from Anthony Calandria on Thursday night. This was Tony Elliott during his post-game press conference on Calandria.
4: I thought, I thought he, he showed some, some, some signs of maturity from the previous week and in, in not putting the ball, you know, at as much risk and uh, I felt like he he, he understood that, that we're playing against a good defensive front that can create pressure, that uh, we're not going to be able to sit back there all day um, and he was very decisive uh, when he pulled the ball down um, and he, he, he continues to, to show that he's a competitor, he's going to run hard. Uh, so, so overall, I, mean, I thought he battled his tail off, but I thought he did a great job of just managing the game. And um, you know, the interception was a bang bang play uh, there, um, but but other than that, I thought he did a good job of managing the game and then then making some some big plays when we needed them, which shows you the just the competitive toughness that he uh, that he has.
1: You know, this loss for UVA at Louisville on Thursday night did include yet another big game for Cavs receiver and Northwestern transfer Malik Washington. Nine receptions for 155 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. Ninth. Consecutive game for Washington in which he had at least 97 receiving yards, and he in eight of those games has had at least 109 receiving yards. He legitimately has been one of the best receivers in the FBS this season. Uh, Now, Washington's touchdown came on a crazy and ultimately scary play on a late third quarter, second and 27. For the Cavs, at the Louisville 49, Anthony Calandria fired a shotgun screen pass to running back Paris Jones, who took a nasty helmet-to-helmet hit and fumbled the ball, but the ball went right to Washington, who then generated a lengthy fumble return for a touchdown. But Paris Jones was in a bad way. He ended up being carted off the field. Uh, Virginia at 12:28 a.m. Eastern on Friday released a statement saying that Jones had been quote taken by ambulance to the U of L Medical Center end quote. But had, quote, regained movement in all of his extremities after being injured, end quote. So some encouraging news there. Uh, this was Tony Elliott during his postgame press conference late night on Thursday night on Paris Jones.
4: I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a, a very, very difficult reality of the sport that we play. Is is every play um, can can end that way, and you don't you don't wish that for anybody. And um, and I know one thing: PJ's a tough young man, and uh, and he lays it he lays it on the line every time he goes out there for this football team. And uh, and you know believing and praying that he's going to have a full recovery, uh, I'm putting that in the in the Lord's hands, and I'm and I'm asking for that in advance, and believing that that's going to be the case. Uh, but you know we saw the same thing up at Boston College. You know the opposite; it was a reverse where their guy you know had to go out. Uh, on a stretcher, um, and nobody wants to see it, and, and it's tough to to get back motivated. But, man, I believe the guys. You know, um, I believe they responded. We just didn't. We just didn't make a couple plays there at the end that we needed to make.
1: Yeah, the Wahoos' defense on Thursday night, to me, was decent considering that Louisville entered the day at number 18 in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN for this season. The Who's held Louisville's offense to just three touchdowns and to just four of 11 on third downs and generated a pick six as linebacker Kim Robinson had a third quarter 28-yard pick six. The problem was the big play of uh, the Who's in the fourth quarter that they lost 17-3, gave up a 52-yard shotgun play-action touchdown bomb by Louisville quarterback Jack Plummer to receiver Amari Huggins-Bruce, who was wide open. And the Who's later in the fourth quarter gave up a 73-yard shotgun handoff touchdown run by running back Isaac Garendo. Uh, Also, the Who's in the second quarter had a punt that was blocked for a touchdown. Uh, Just two games left for Virginia this season. Home to Duke Saturday afternoon, November 18th at 3. And home to Virginia Tech on Saturday, November 25th. Hey, AG1, an outstanding nutritional supplement. Like many of you, uh, my sleep is all over the place uh, due to my work schedule and having two young kids. Heck, I'm recording this at, uh, what is it, 3.07 a.m. Eastern on Friday. So yeah, the sleep is all over the place. Drinking AG1 helps me feel energized, focused, and healthy. I especially like drinking AG1 after working out. You see, AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support, since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition. AG1 has been continuously refining its formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. If you want to take ownership of your health, doing so starts with AG1. And here's a great deal for listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. You can get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase of AG1, go to drinkag1.com/algaldi. That's drink A-G, the number one.com/algaldi. Drinkag1.com/algaldi. All right, now to Goldilocks, my college football previews and picks for the teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. You have heard of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Well, this is Goldilocks and it is brought to us by Crab Sports. Crab Sports is Maryland's number one sports book. You can visit CrabSports.com or download the new Crab Sports app, which is available in both the App Store and Google Play. Crab Sports is the only sports book that offers special boosts and parlays on all DMV area teams. In fact, if you go to CrabSports.com or are on the Crab Sports app between 5 p.m. Eastern Friday to 11 a.m. Eastern Saturday, you will see my Goldilocks picks in the boosted odds section. Yes, you get boosted odds with the Goldilocks selections, making it easier for you to make money money. And know this, Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo for new customers, place your first bet of up to $500, and if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win, a second chance to make money, money. <laughs> uh, join Crab Sports now with the promo code GALDI, G-A-L-D-I, my last name, GALDI. So you go to crabsports.com or you download the Crab Sports app, you get on the app, and you use that promo code Galdi. And Cram Sports is working in partnership with a fellow Maryland homegrown business, the Green Turtle, uh, with its free-to-play game. You can win... Up to $25,000 three times a week. And the free-to-play game is completely free to play. Just submit your picks for Thursday night football, Sunday football, and Monday night football. And depending on how many picks you get right, you will qualify for the $25,000 Green Turtle gift cards and Crab Sports free bets. Crab Sports is awesome. And Crab Sports wants to remind you to please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.com or call 1-800-GAMBLER, must be 21 years of age or older. We have arrived at week 11 of the 2023 college football season, and we are welcoming Liberty to Goldilocks. Yes, Liberty has made it to Goldilocks. Uh, the premise of Goldilocks has been picking games for the big four of college football in the mid-Atlantic region, Maryland Navy, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech, in Virginia. However, I do have a rule. If an FBS team in the region, not among those four, gets ranked, or at the very least shows itself to be very good, it earns its way into Goldilocks. Such has been the case for James Madison in each of the last two seasons, and now such is the case for Liberty. So we welcome the Flames to Goldilocks. Uh, A lot to get to, so here we go. Goldilocks, game number one, Maryland at nebraska Saturday at noon, the Terrapins for Crab Sports minus two and a half. This game may well be the Terps' best last chance to become bowl eligible. Uh, that is an amazing statement given where the Terps were. They, for this season, have gone from five and zero to now five and four. They fell to five and four overall and two and four in the Big Ten with a 51-15 loss to then number eleven Penn State at CQ Stadium in College Park, Maryland, last Saturday. Uh, the Terps in this game trailed in the second quarter 14-7. They then lost the rest of the game 37-8. The Cornhuskers of Nebraska, uh, they are 5-4 overall and 3-3 three and three in the Big Ten. They had won three consecutive games until a 2017 loss at Michigan State last Saturday afternoon. Nebraska is bad offensively, but good defensively. The Cornhuskers for this regular season through games on Wednesday were just 109th in the FBS in offensive efficiency per ESPN, but were 21st in the FBS in defensive efficiency per ESPN. Uh, The Terps have three regular season games left at Nebraska this Saturday at noon, home to number three Michigan on Saturday, November 18th, and at Rutgers on Saturday November 25th. Not a single one of those games is even close to a definite win, but the most winnable of the three games is this game at Nebraska. If the Terps have any pride left, okay, <laughs> any semblance of desire to have a decent season, then they will come out focused and ready to play on Saturday. But these last four games have not reflected well at all on head coach Mike Loxley and his players. Uh, I will take the Terps with the idea that that they do recognize that if they don't win this game, uh, they truly could go from 5-0 to 5-7. Give me Maryland, minus two and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Thank you, Snoop Dogg. Goldilocks game number two, James Madison, home to UConn, Saturday afternoon at two. The Dukes, per- Crab Sports minus 24 and a half. Uh, JMU ridiculously not eligible for a bowl game this season due to this being the Dukes' second season in the FBS. So they are not eligible to be ranked in the college football playoff rankings. But JMU does continue to climb the Associated Press Top 25 poll from number 25 to number 23 to now number 21. When you look at the last three weeks. So the Dukes improved to 9-0 and overall and 6-0 and in the Sun Belt Conference with a 42-14 win at Georgia State last Saturday, 50th win for Kurt Signetti as JMU head coach. JMU quarterback Jordan McLeod, he for this season, as of games through Wednesday, ranked number 21 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in ESPN's total QBR. The Huskies of UConn are terrible. 1-8 <laughs> uh, in eight overall. They, for this season, through games on Wednesday, ranked 117th out of 133 FBS teams in both offensive and defensive efficiencies per ESPN. Don't think, don't blink. Give me James Madison, the Mighty Dukes, minus 24 and a half.
2: Make money, money, make money, money, money.
1: Goldilocks game number three, the newcomer to Goldilocks, Liberty, home to Old Dominion, Saturday afternoon at one. The Flames for Crab Sports, minus 13 and a half. And the Flames are ranked, uh, not in the latest college football playoff rankings, but in the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll, number 25, Liberty improved to 9-0 and overall and 7-0 and in Conference USA with a 56-30 homecoming win over Louisiana Tech at Williams Stadium in Lynchburg, Virginia, last Saturday evening. The win clinched Liberty hosting the Conference USA Championship game on December 1st. Uh, Liberty's offense is tremendous. The Flames for this season, as of games through Wednesday, ranked number 14 in the FBS in offensive efficiency for ESPN. Liberty quarterback Caden Salter, he for this season, as of games through Wednesday, ranked number 7 among all qualified quarterbacks in the FBS in total QBR. Yes, number seven. <laughs> uh, the Old Dominion Monarchs are uh, coming off a tough loss. They fell to 4-5 and five overall and 3-3 three and three in the Sunbelt Conference with a 28-24 loss to Coastal Carolina at S.B. Ballard Stadium in Norfolk, Virginia last Saturday. ODU blew a 21-6. Third quarter lead. Uh, ODU does have a very capable rushing offense with running backs Keyshawn Wicks and Kadarius Calloway and Obisani, but the team has struggled at the quarterback position, including giving up a truckload of sacks. Uh, give me liberty, give me liberty, or give me death. Uh, no, actually, just give me liberty. Minus 13 and a half. Make money, money, make money, money, money. Goldilocks game number four, Virginia Tech at Boston College, Saturday at noon, the Hokies for Crab Sports, minus one and a half. Tech fell to four and five overall and three and two in the ACC with a 34-3 loss at then number 13 Louisville last Saturday. Hokies head coach Brent Pry went with Baylor transfer Kyron Drones as the team starting quarterback. For a seventh consecutive game, but he played poorly and ultimately got benched in favor of Grant Wells, who played in a game for the first time since September 9th. Although Wells only played in garbage time and pry in a session with reporters this past Tuesday did say, quote, this is drones offense right now, end quote. So what we had suspected now is clear. Kyron drones is the Hokies QB1. It may be that Wells still isn't 100% healthy. He's been uh, dealing with an ankle injury. But yeah, Kyron Drones is the Hokies QB1. Uh, The Boston College Eagles have gone from one and three to six and three, five consecutive wins. Uh, Now, four of the five wins have been one score wins, but still five consecutive wins. Uh, The public is overwhelmingly On Virginia Tech, the Hokies for this game appear to be likely to be without safety. Jalen Stroman, due to injury, uh, him being limited by injury, really hurt Tech in that loss at Louisville, a game in which uh, the Hokies' run defense was back to being really bad. And oh, by the way, Boston College for this season, as of games through Wednesday, was number nine in the FBS in rushing yards per game. Liberty was number two, uh, but B.C. was number nine. The Eagles have a dual threat quarterback in Thomas Castellanos, who, as Brent Pry said on Tuesday, is like a boundary corner playing quarterback. Uh, I like Boston College as an anti-public play. Give me Boston College plus one and a half.
4: Make money, money, make money, money, money.
1: And Goldilocks game number five, Navy home to UAB Saturday afternoon at 3.30. The Midshipmen per Crab Sports plus two and a half. Uh, The Mids are coming off a humiliating loss. They fell to three and five overall and two and three in the American Athletic Conference with a 32-18 loss at Temple last Saturday afternoon. There is no overstating how bad of a loss this was for Navy. Navy coming off a bye lost by 14 points at a Temple team that entered Saturday dead last out of 133 FBS teams in ESPN's Football Power Index for this season. Temple had been arguably the worst team in the FBS this season, and yet Navy, off a bye, lost at Temple by 14 points. Uh, The Navy quarterback shuffle continued. Navy head coach Brian Newberry surprisingly started Xavier Arline at quarterback, making him the fourth Different starting quarterback for Navy over eight games this season. Here's the bottom line. Navy for this season, as of games through Wednesday, was 132nd out of 133 teams in the FBS in offensive efficiency per. ESPN. Uh, The UAB Blazers. They are three and six overall and two and three in the American Athletic Conference. UAB has been one of the worst defensive teams in the FBS this season. And so, which bad (laughs) will win out? Navy's bad offense or UAB's bad defense? Uh, Give me Navy plus two and a half. Make money, money, make money,
2: money,
4: money.
1: All right. So the rest of our Goldilocks for college football week 11, Maryland minus two and a half. James Madison minus 24 and a half. Liberty minus 13 and a half. Boston College plus one and a half. Navy plus two and a half. And don't forget, go to CrabSports.com or download the Crab Sports app and use the promo code Goldie, Crab Sports is offering a $500 first bet insurance promo. For new customers, place your first bet of up to $500. And if it loses, Crab Sports will pay you back in a free bet. So you have a second chance to win. A second chance to make money money. And that will do it. For you and me, for now, keep the feedback coming. You can hit me up on x at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Monday show, episode 698. We'll have a lot for you on the Commander's In-Depth. Reaction to and analysis of whatever happens in their game at the Seattle Seahawks this Sunday afternoon at 425. Also on Monday's show, my thoughts on college football week 11, which includes five games for the FBS teams of the Mid-Atlantic region. Maryland at Nebraska, Saturday at noon. James Madison, home to UConn, Saturday afternoon at two. Liberty, home to Old Dominion, Saturday afternoon at one. Virginia Tech at Boston College, Saturday at noon. Navy, home to UAB, Saturday afternoon at at 3.30. And I, on Monday's show, will talk Capitals, Wizards, and College Hoops. The Caps have two games this weekend at the New Jersey Devils Friday night at 7, and at the New York Islanders Saturday night at 7.30. The Wizards have two games this weekend, home to the Charlotte Hornets Friday night at 7, and at the Brooklyn Nets Sunday afternoon at 3. And college basketball this weekend includes Maryland competing in the 2023 Asheville Championship Tournament in Asheville, North Carolina, with games on Friday night and Sunday afternoon, Terrapins versus Davidson, Friday night at 7. Georgetown is home to Holy Cross Saturday night at 8. And Virginia and Virginia Tech are competing in the 2023 Hall of Fame series in Charlotte, North Carolina on Friday night. UVA versus Florida at about 7, followed by Tech versus South Carolina. A loaded sports weekend. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you on Monday.
2: And to me, I would love to just see an emphasis on doing your job officiating the game so that it's a fair contest that's what it should be we, we don't need to we don't need to come up with calls um, to fit a certain window or to fill up a certain window um, that's just not to me that's not what it should be
1: about it should just be a fair contest make sure it's fair